Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, it's Ted. Eric and I make no bones about the fact that we love Dogtra. We've been using them even long before they were sponsors of the podcast. Uh, my favorite is the 1900S hands-free. I typically have the remote in my pocket and I just put the other remote inside my glove or on my wrist and I can use that thing all day long. It's fantastic. Dr. is going to continue to be a sponsor of the podcast and because of that, you guys get a discount. So if you head to dogtra.com, any unit over $200, you'll get a 10% off if you use the discount code WDR10. That's Working Dog Radio 10, WDR10, dogtra.com. Go get it. This episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related. Not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets. All of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Man, we are stoked to have TrueScent back on the podcast as a sponsor. Train your explosive detection dogs with TrueScent Canine, not a pseudo. It's a simulant. Training aids available at TrueScent Canine. That's the letter K, the number nine, dot com, or 512-533-2040. If you use the code WDR15, that's WDR15, you get 15% off your next order of training aids Accessories are excluded. Hit them up, truescentcanine.com. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you by Hits Training and Consulting. Next year, August 13th through the 16th in Chicago, Illinois, the number one police canine conference in the world, hands down. The most amazing instructors there. Wait till you see the vendor show. If you thought last year was big, you haven't seen anything. There's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry, giveaways, everything you can think of, great times. During the day, great times at night. Ted and I will be there, Working Dog Radio booth. Going to have a good time. Hits 2019. Don't wait. Register now. Hitscanine.net. Any working dog handler can tell you these dogs find magical and magnificent ways to hurt themselves. Hell, half of being a handler is keeping them from hurting themselves. Much like maintenance training, care and upkeep is an important ongoing duty of any working handler, no matter if it's military, law enforcement, search and rescue, or sport. I had a dual-purpose dog at the kennel that we were training that had a hot spot from a food allergy, and it was clearly bugging him. We had to continue working this dog. I didn't have time for him to take off. So our vet wanted to put him on some anti-inflammatory, and I'm usually pretty anti-med unless it's absolutely necessary. If you remember from the Janet Baker episode, certain medications will cause problems with detection, and I ain't got time for that. I found a product called Quick Term from the people over at VetCare. I used this spray once a day for a week. And it was gone completely. We had another dog get a puncture wound during a track on his chest, and it probably needed a staple, but it was in a weird area. So I clipped a fur around it and put this on there once a day for about 10 days, and it was like it never happened. This isn't a Me Too product. It's not relabeled. It's specifically made for dogs and horses. Nothing like it on the market, and it works on wounds, but it also takes care of skin issues like flea dermatitis, hot spots like I mentioned, lick sores, granulomas, pad injuries, and the dreaded happy tail, which causes the back of your patrol cruiser to look like the OJ crime scene. It's a patented formula with a lot of science behind it. This shit really works. Due to disclosure, 
I got tagged pretty bad and needed to get sewn back together a couple months ago. And I may have used it on myself and it works great. The stub is also temperature stable, so you can keep it in the patrol car with all the rest of your first aid supplies in the summer and the winter, and it'll help prevent small issues from becoming larger ones, and it'll keep the admins happy because the vet bills will go down. Head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR, that's 10WDR, and get 10% off. Get your working dogs working again and quicker with QuickDerm. Ted, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting to bite. We are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the city that is crammed between three liver, rivers and livers. You can tell what we've been doing. <laughs> between three rivers and this two mountains. There's like a ton of people here and the parking is terrible. I don't have a car here, but Eric does. And uh, we just finished up our uh, seminar to a packed room. The scenario-based training, which is what we're going to kind of cover here in just a second. Uh, with our guest, but Eric, uh, how'd it go? I thought it was good. We had a good time. Um, I got to show a video that I've been keeping in the archives for, well, not 10 years. Um, yeah. A video from an in-car camera of mine back when I was a handler, a good bite, um, where my dog Willie jumped over a car and bit a guy. It's pretty good. It's a pretty epic canine actual video. So the guys, it was a good way to finish off the class. I think everybody liked the information. Um, we had some guys from Canada that were there that said, we just changed their training group. When they go back, they're going to be adding new stuff so it was excellent cool. they're from canada yeah yeah yep. they, they buy people there that's true yeah so <laughs> track them i know that much <laughs> <laughs> so um kind of in the vein of what we're doing here um you know we do this uh, presentation uh for hrd so uh, we've got two guests now um and eric and i from from the get-go have always said that there is n there is always going to be a place for national certifications uh, in fact, in the second slide of the presentation, we talk about it at length and we say, you know, because of Florida versus Harris and because of all the advent and case law and everything else, we need that certification as a third party. Courts love it. Attorneys love it. Admins love it. And it's just a kind of a way to address a base level of core competency and skills that are needed to handle the dog effectively. Um, then we have to address the other elephant in the room, which is the skills gap. One of the things that we start talking about a lot is that there is a gap in skills with the certification skills versus what are deployable skills and standards for actually working the other 364 days a year. Um, and, you know, I do my all my guys do national. Eric's guys have state that they do. Sometimes they do national if they feel like it. Um, Ohio has a state standard. Oklahoma has a detection standard. But I still have my guys. In fact, one of our guys just won. Uh, their USPCA detection trial. I think it scores like a 199.83 or so. I don't remember what it was. Super good, super nice. Um, but you know they train a lot, and and it shows. So uh, we have now with this Ben Schaefer from uh, USPCA. And where are you a handler? Uh, I'm a handler down in Washington County, Ted, uh, with the Trinity Area Police Department. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we return guest. By the yeah, it's true. Yes, we we interviewed guest. you at Bravo Three. That's right. I absolutely appreciate you having yeah. me back. Yeah, for sure. And then we've also got Ray Murphy, who is uh, the other part of HRD Canine uh, that Eric and I are involved in with doing the scenario-based training. Ray, what's up? Hey, how are you? Doing well. Great scenario. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, Ben, uh, you and I talked uh, the other day, yesterday, 
And um, what's going on at USPCA these days? Uh, well, you know, we're trying to push forward with a lot of different, uh, you know, out of the box training styles. Something that you know that we see as as a community and as uh, you know uh, an industry, uh, you know, that that is necessary. You know, trying to bridge that gap, like you said, like we talked about yesterday, how important that is. That you know, once we establish that basic level of proficiency from uh, you know whatever school or whatever uh, training is received, just to get that minimum standard and that and that certification, that that's really when the training should start to evolve and develop into something else that is better suitable for the handlers on the street to, to get that level of proficiency that they need to be safe and, and to operate within the parameters of not only state law, local law, but, you know, to also keep in mind and consider, you know, former case law, as you, as you stated earlier. Right. Excellent. And uh, so, you know, we, you talked yesterday and, I, and you were like, you know, there's some been internal discussions about whether you guys are going to offer an advanced certification or whether you're going to start doing um, kind of like uh, continued education. So... <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, something that, that I've always enjoyed um, just as being an active member, um, you know, I've been brought in to teach some of the, some of the advanced courses that the USPCA has offered to its members and, and non-members alike um, uh, at different venues talking about, uh, you know, the hows and the whys of what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how to reverse engineer the problems, if only even from a, a first aid, so to speak, standpoint. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of the trainers, you know, I reference in a lot of the classes that, you know, they're operating with a precision snap-on tool set, you know, with the capabilities that they have to, to diagnose an issue and to, you know, address a, a fixation for that. But, uh, you know, as long as you've got, you know, your heavy hammer, your duct tape, uh, yeah. and a crescent wrench, you know, to be able to diagnose some of these things in the field, right. I, I think that goes a long way with the handlers, and I think that they're receptive to that. So that's something that we like to focus on is, is maybe just giving a few tools uh, throughout different training scenarios, different um, things that, you know, maybe that we can eliminate, uh, you know, possibly causing the same problems twice or experiencing the same problems twice from lessons learned excellent what um last time we interviewed you uh is your position changed there did you get a promotion something in there no. hey, with quote promotion <laughs> right. no. no uh you know i i get the accolades from from the the areas and the handlers that you know that i'm uh, fortunate enough and, and and honored enough to work with uh but no i've just been an active member i've supported you know the national committee i've supported a lot of the regional committees um i am recently back into region six uh i've been traveling for a while uh and now back as a law enforcement handler Again, uh, you know, I, 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 if that's a promotion, I, yeah. I can only I can only give credit to the dog that I work. But um, no, back in the area, I just I enjoy you know contributing to the association and to any any handlers in need that you know as, as I travel. So, so you, uh, Ted, you were just at a USPCA trial, weren't you? Yeah. When, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> sure, USPCA is a certifying body. They'll do certifications. They also do competitions all around the country. And uh, it's all for police canine guys. And there's a lot of people that compete in it. What did you think of it? Uh, it was good. I mean, we saw some super nice dogs. The guys from uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, one top dog, uh, which is a combination of obedience and, oh, we, <laughs> we have a dog in here now. He's like, dude, you got to pet me. Uh, <laughs> top dog's a combination of uh, obedience and the call-off protection stuff, or then the protection stuff, I guess is the best way to say it. And... Uh, yeah, so it was great. I mean, you know, a lot of good guys, a lot of good, a lot of dogs that were very, very, very nice. A lot of good detection dogs. So, I mean, they did a good job. Judges were there, uh, were super professional guys from OKC, some of the guys from Tulsa, super professional, good guys, tons of knowledge out there with pencils in their hands. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And clipboards. So, yeah, and clipboards. <laughs> the dreaded clipboards. Yeah. 
So, sure. so now that you're back in the saddle, right? Back in the saddle. What's going on in Western PA, man? With with dog. What are you seeing? Calls for dog service. What are you getting into mostly? Um, so right now, I came back into the area, kind of soft and, and soft spoken, uh, trying to get just a baseline of where the guys in my immediate region were working and, and what you know kind of proficiency level they were able to achieve. Um, it, it's all you know in, in most areas from what I see in my travels. Uh, a lot of the guys in the areas are overworked. You know, the the, the administrations can sometimes be limited on the hours that they can afford them to attend, you know, what we would consider an advanced level of training or something that advances them in capability. So that, that's the one thing that I'm always kind of hypersensitive to, Eric, is, is making sure that if there's something that I can tr- contribute, if there's something uh, that I've experienced along the way that I'm able to share that with other handlers, uh, you know, and, and possibly, you know, in turn learn something from them, even if it's learning what not to do, right, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's still yeah. learning. That's sometimes, you know, something we have to look at. So, you know, I try to come in. I work with some other guys over in Washington County, uh, putting together a really good training group. We're trying to be as consistent as, as we possibly can um, and just, you know, continue to develop that, continue to develop the capabilities, getting getting these guys involved in associations, whether, you know, it's us, it's Snapwater, it's something that's federally and state recognized. It's going to benefit them and cover them in courts if need be. What, what does Pennsylvania have? Anything? Uh, Pennsylvania, so we work, and I'm, I'm learning this as we go. So Pennsylvania State, through the state police, have their own uh, recognized uh, certification process. So they, they, I wouldn't call it a self-certification, but they have uh, all of their techniques, all of their protocols for certification has been recognized by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So in most of the state police uh, aspects, they, they'll do that, and that's how they you know get their certifications and credentials. Um, the municipalities, the local uh, handlers, everyone else um, uh, is either with uh, some type of certification uh, organization, association, whether it be NAPWADA, USPCA, IPWADA, NNDDA. We, there's there's a lot of different options for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to keep it, you know, and I try to, you know, educate those folks on the benefits of being, you know, part of the, the biggest organization, the oldest organization, um, the only one that's still, you know, providing those national level competitions. You know, there's there's layers to the associations. And, and we're not the only one, but, you know, I like to think that we're, we're a step above. Right. So Ray um, is uh, our kind of guy behind the curtain and one of the instructors and decoys at the HRD things that Eric and I are always talking about. So Ray, talk a little bit about how this hatched because we weren't busy enough, so we decided to do yeah. something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need another stick in the fire. I think I recognized a long time ago um, the deficiency of what I saw between just working in a sport arena uh, and the progression of dogs and and the, the high level of training that was going on. And then I saw the police side. And uh, for some reason, growing up, I always thought, you know, police canines were kind of the apex of dog training. Um, and when I saw some in action, I was underwhelmed, to say the least. And to me, when I saw the Iron Dog documentary by uh, Paul Ludwig and Sam, uh, that really put, uh, I yeah. guess, articulated for me uh, as yeah. what I've been thinking for quite a while as a problem that need to be addressed. So what I, my thoughts were, the industry as a whole needs to change, um, whether it's just from departments, certifying bodies, vendors, you name it, it just needs to change and somebody needs to do that. And uh, the timing was just all right. We were working together during right. the Police Canine Instructor course. Uh, you guys were just launching the podcast. Uh, the moon's aligned and we all had the same vision and it just started to come together uh, at HITS. Yep. And uh, we got the first one on board, which we're going to actually do in two weeks in Philadelphia uh, at the Penn Vets Working Center. 
Yeah, uh, but we've already had a couple under our belt, and they've been really well received, and uh, we're really excited because we have a hell of a schedule coming up the rest of the year. So it's kind of in the same vein of what we've always been talking about is how um, you know we're sensitive to budgets and guys don't have the ability to train. So we have the podcast this, like I can't tell you the number of people that have come up to Eric or I or Alicia and said, you know, this is a huge resource for everybody listening. Um, and they have gained a ton of, even just listening to us tell jokes. And, uh, but the actual information we're giving is, is very valid and relevant and we have helped people. And then we decided to take it a step further with HRD and start addressing some of these problems and then going to them. So not everybody is afforded to, you know, go from their department, which only has six people or eight people, and they got one dog, they can't go to hits. They can't go to this type of training. So we've tried to space these out across the country and make them affordable enough that they can get some really good training. And even if it's just spending three days with us, that contact time then does take does carry like eric just said some dudes from canada i guess just told him that and they didn't even we didn't, all they did was listen to me talk and lee and eric talk for an hour and or two hours and they're like ah man we've got to, your tree we've completely changed the way we've trained and that's what we want to do and um so with uspca uh you know fantastic organization establishes that core competency that i think every handler should have uh or just national certification you know, they're not specifically uspca but um, but taking it the next step further, um, you know, a lot of administrators and Ben, I know you know this. They're like, "Well, you got a national certification; that's good enough, right?" And they're like, "That's Absol- all. You, that's absolutely. all you need." Absolutely. You know, once they get the certificate, you know, they think that, that everything's good to go. And um, you know, in a lot of aspects, um, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. The way I look at it, Ted, is that you know, if if we are not facing um, scenarios, you know, on the street that are going to encourage or motivate, you know, the administrators to take a look and, and really dig into the proficiency of the dogs if they're failing for whatever reason, um, you know, good enough is good enough at that point. Right. And, and that's kind of the rut that we get in from not only handlers, but also, you know, trainers is that there's only so many hours in the day. And we've talked about that, you know, to, to you know, we were blue in the face and that, you know, what we do focus on, um, you know, where do you start? How, how far do you carry the what ifs? How, you know, how dynamic do you get in your scenarios to give you the best benefit and be as efficient as you possibly can from a training point of view? So. Does USPCA still do uh, yearly seminars? Uh, yes, yeah, so we still are conducting our national training seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I hope that we're able to continue that more. I hope that we, you know, the the powers that be are, are able to provide those even at a regional level. Now, Eric, that's 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 I think our, our next step is you know that we've we've incorporated this. We've kind of done the surveys to see if you know we're getting that that turnout. We're getting those participants, and we've been very fortunate enough to get those handlers that may have only been handlers for a year, two years, three years, and then we're getting you know the veterans that have come in, uh, the dinosaurs sources I like to say the survivalists you know that have adapted over the years and, and absorbed and uh, gained new training methods and, and stayed in the business uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys so hopefully we can get down to the regional levels if it's if it's well taken and, and welcomed and you know I was talking to uh, to Ray the other day you know how important that that gap is and how important that is to fill that in I mean my background is a marine handler and you know follow on working with State Department and other agencies uh, you know it's it's so critical and hopefully that those experiences of my travels and and guys like Ray and you guys and I mean present company included we've got a lot of experience you know and uh, I think we all have been proving ourselves that we do this because we want to do it it's motivating and we get you know that same feeling back from the handlers um, you know just seeing them learn or 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 seeing them being able to take away something we've given them 
Yeah, that's super. That's a good point because you know, and I'll say this, and Ben, you don't have to say anything. I don't want you to get in trouble. But ad- administrators <laughs> don't don't care. Like they don't give a shit. You're certified. That's it. So they're like, hey, I want to go to training. They're like, you don't need to. You're certified. What difference does it make? So you know, when we talk about uh, handler selection and how important that is, where you select somebody, like one of the things we look for is somebody who has a great work ethic. Work ethic is coachable and is willing to do extra work all the time because that's what it takes because the administrators like if you have a guy if you have an admin that just doesn't give a shit and they're like this is good enough no you can't train you can't do this you can't do that even the bare minimum the minimum 16 hours a month a lot of these guys are having to fight for that and that's a fucking tragedy so um you know they don't give a shit and if you're listening to this and you are an admin Ask your fucking handlers, like, what like what do you need? And they may not need anything. They may not, may not need money. They may need time. And it may only be, like, you know, there's a there's a girl here now that was in an HRD seminar in Castle Rock, Colorado, that she paid for herself, and she's now here in, where are we, Pittsburgh, <laughs> and she paid her, I, I don't know where I'm at, we pay, she paid her own way out here and to this seminar, too. And, I mean, she's a good handler. I mean, so, and, you know, and it shows. So, you know, I, 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 I feel for handlers that don't have support and which is why like our Tuesday night, like I don't ever charge for that. Let's take a break for just a second and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code k 9 Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight, and that's why the crew from Hits goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like Hits. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 Hits will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run Hits are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes. Classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in DC and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for a hundred vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry. Plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year they gave about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to Hits Canine. Dot net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. 
Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We have been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, we just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastcanine.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastcanine.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. Southerncoastcanine.com. Good people, great facility. Check them out. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-collars or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van SK9, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. rayallen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. rayallen.com for all things dogs. Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested, shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at c2ckanine.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine dot com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You got to possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA, or something similar. You also need to have a knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You got to speak fluent Spanish and English. 
If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P. Heiser at C2CK9.com. Highland Canine Training LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in house. But most importantly, they offer a full service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. Ray, real quick, Ray, talk about what you've seen. So when we do an HRD seminar, right, and, and we'll, we'll talk HRD, but it's like three days. Other scenarios, USPCA, if it's three or four days, I've been to a couple of those back in the 90s, and there was all kinds of fun, cool shit that dogs were doing. Talk about what you have seen out of dogs, even in a three-day period, doing scenario-based training, the difference in some of those dogs when they come out. Absolutely. I mean, well, the first exposure I had is when we worked uh, Albany Street Tactics Seminar. We ran something like 66 dog teams or whatever through our station. Uh, It was a lot. (laughs) And basically, I mean, after... You know, we ran some pretty tough, complex scenarios, but we were able to kind of pinpoint where some certain teams came from and know that they were doing this style of training back at home or they weren't. I mean, some handler teams just completely shit the bed uh, when attempting to, you know, solve some of these, you know, complex scenarios, and then others were really methodical in going through it in a realistic fashion. So being able to take those lessons from that and try to make it accessible to departments that are in middle America that don't have an Albany Street Tactics Seminar and things like that. I think that's been the goal all along. Um, my view from the outside of this for quite a while when I was trying to figure out what it is that need to be fixed was, you know, there's about 20% of handler teams up there that are shit hot, right? They are dialed, they're doing this type of training, they're ready yeah. for the streets. There's a big group of about 60% right in the middle that want to get help, don't necessarily how to go about doing it because either they're not trainers or they're being locked in by an eagle wall of a training group that won't allow them to go outside their group, doesn't have the budget or the accessibility to good training. Then you got 20% at the bottom that are there for the car and the extra pay and they're just lazy shit. Yeah, fuck that, that's the, not our Fuck those guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Hmm. Yeah, I, so, yeah. but we've seen trainer, I mean, we had a, a handler team that came out that was, you know, given a dog that they thought was only going to be single purpose and in three days this dog was nailing people. I mean, the, in the bite scenarios, that dog was a beast. And you saw it on day one, just testing his grips. The dog was unsure, didn't know what the hell he was doing there. But by day three, that that's a progression and that condensed amount of time is amazing. And With then, a handler that didn't know how to handle a dual-purpose dog. Yeah, and we're mm-hmm. giving these guys tools to take back to their training groups. We're not holding any secret sauce. We didn't invent scenario-based training. We want to show the industry as a whole how they should train to be safe and effective out there in the streets. Yeah, when, you know, we did the one in Bartlesville um, that you and I instructed at, Ray, and you know, the last day, and, and we had, I don't know, nine or 12 people there, and a majority of them were my handlers. Um, and my handlers were almost perfect because they'd either done these scenarios before or they had done versions of them. Um, but for me, it was a big proof of concept because we do these all over the country and we see 
the deficiencies with in like that 60% get group, right? Yep. And how fast they spool up. And it's also a proof of concept for national certification because all of my guys either have an Appwater or USPCA, plus we have the state detection certification. So on both ends, they're covered, they're professional, and they get their work done. They do quality work and they do it effectively and safely, and which is what I want. But it's a big proof of concept for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of my big things is, and I've all, my guys know this, is I'm really, really, really big in networking. Is networking with other handlers, trainers, everything. Um, talk about, uh, Ben, at, like at a USPCA event, the type of people and knowledge that, that you as a young guy could go learn or meet and make contact with. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's something I think is so critical. And I think that that's really put me in the position that I am today is is just, you know, absorbing as much information as I possibly can. You know, if I hear something good, a technique, I'm going to steal it. And I warn hmm. warn the guys that I talk to ahead of time or whoever I'm dealing with that, you know, if I hear something good, just know ahead of time, you may hear me say it later at a training center. But, um, uh, you know, that, that's, I think, the golden thing is, is getting yourself out there. If you don't show up, you know, you're not going to expose yourself to those types of individuals. You're not going to gain that experience. I mean, we talk about efficiency and we talk about limited training hours, but what are people doing about it? You know, what, what, are, we, what are we doing to, to become more efficient? You have to, you have to get out there. And, and, and like Ray and Ted were talking about earlier is, you know, some of these handlers are so motivated, uh, you know, that they're overcoming obstacles within, within the administration, whether it be from a time point of view or, f- or from a financial financial point of view is that they're investing in themselves by paying for these seminars out of their pockets or they're, you know, taking a weekend or or going somewhere and trying to seek that stuff out. I mean, I've got all the time in the day for those people. The associations have all the time in the day for those kind of people. But, you know, you get to a national seminar, you know, we've got one coming up here first week of of May in Albany, New York, uh, the National Detector Dog Trials, uh, which I'll be at uh, one of the days prior to the certification beginning just to come in, uh, get some face time with some of the handlers, expose them to some of the materials that we're going to be using. Um, some of the handlers, you know, may be coming from a department where their aids aren't as pristine as what they should be. The handling procedures are unknown, um, no fault of their own. Um, so, you know, those are the type of resources, the opportunities we like to, you know, provide at these national seminars. Uh, we've got guys there that, you know, are in their 60s, 70s, some 80s. Um, you know, I could think of a few right offhand that that I just, uh, I leech onto and, and, and grasp onto with, with the years. And if the way I look at it is, if experience but the way I look at it is if these guys are still present in today's society think about how you know much the the industry has changed since they became a handler you know and how many different uh, things that we've learned about manipulation and and, you know basics of conditioning stuff like that that has really evolved from a scientific point of view these guys are still out there their information is still relevant so they must have been doing something right back then but it's it's such a diverse group of individuals you know that you can gain knowledge from and and like you said the networking is just so critical and that gives you the opportunity. So when you show up at a trial, uh, do you have to be a member to compete? Uh, yes. So once you're there, um, you know, your registration, uh, you know, even at the regional level, um, you know, is, is all part of that is all part of your mm-hmm. registration. It's a benefit of becoming a member, um, which, you know, I encourage people, even if you're belonging to other organizations, if you belong to us, you know, seek out other organizations, again, diversify, you know, try to find those different resources and network as much as you can, but um, also a benefit. And what we've been doing even at our national seminars for non-members is that some of the price of the, you know, the, the, the show fee there, you know, just 
the participation fee, will also get you a one-year membership. You know, mm. so that kind of brings you in in one way, shape, or form. Yes, you're getting the exposure, you're getting the knowledge, you're getting the training, but you're also getting a membership out of it, which includes you know our publications, our emails, the Canine Courier, you know, which has given us all updates, um, you know, on regional events or regional cases, you know, lessons learned. Uh, we got a trainer's corner in there where you know some of the um, the elites and the and the, the association are able to you know put their thoughts down onto paper and leave us with something that, you know as a legacy if you talk shit how good you are man there's there's ways to go find out Absolutely. <laughs> uh, step up yeah there's definitely on. a way to find out right <laughs> so what were the dates of the next one the detection one so they're going to be uh the second week of may uh i'm going to be arriving there uh that saturday so it'd be like the third fourth fifth if i'm correct can you check me on that eric just yeah. to make sure that i'm good so i'll be there on the friday i'll be getting in friday you'll be getting on the third and then it's the sixth seventh eighth yes deal? Yes, it'll be that, that's, I guess, technically second week. But, uh, yeah, we'll be up there in Albany. Please look at the website. You know, look us up. Uh, the National Detector Dog Trials for USPCA, uh, Albany, New York. So Are you do, doing certifications while you're there? Um, so I'm going to be there. Uh, I don't get the, again, you know, the time factor, mm-hmm. you know, being on the road now and, and, and covering, um, you know, a lot of the school buildings that, that we're responsible for. Um, I don't have as much time as what I used to as, as when I was a private entity, but um, I'm going to be able to get up there at least for a couple of days prior to the certification. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we're, and as you're hearing this, uh, this should upload third, fourth, and fifth, so it will be going on, like, probably as you're listening to this episode, uh, if you if you have the notification set, and if you don't, you're a teller person. So, um, <laughs> you should be notified. Uh, so, Ray, uh, what do we have, so since we've been here, actually, um, we've had some updates with HRD, so uh, our next one is going to be in Philly, which is going to be gnarly. Uh, which is in May, um, it being hosted by the Penn guys. Um, and then what do we got up after that? Because we added some dates. Yeah, we've got a complete schedule posted on our website, hrdpolicecanine.com. But Letter we've K-9 added some new ones. Um, we've got one in Dallas area, so DFW. We've got the Irving, uh, Irving Police Department's hosting that one. Uh, we just confirmed Marion County Sheriff's uh, down in Florida. Man, Jay and those guys do that's a fantastic job. That's, that's going to be awesome. Uh, they third. bite people down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's third week not week in October. And then we've talked to several people here that are kind of kicking the tires about dates. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely let you guys know as soon as we confirm some more. But like I said, we have a current schedule posted on our website right now. Listen, yep. some of you folks in Southern California need to f- step up and host us out there. Or Hawaii. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, PD. Yeah. We're, we're calling to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get get out there down there Is around there San Diego or somewhere. There? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Host up. I want to go. I don't want to go to Fargo. Um, no, no. I mean, New. I'll go in the summertime. It's not bad, but I don't want to go to Fargo in January. Um, or you know, I saw the movie. It looks horrible. North at North North Dakota <laughs> Highway Patrol or, or Fargo PD. Like we we will come, but can we do it in the summertime? Like, I mean, <laughs> we, we do love you guys. Hey, and St. Paul, Minnesota. I know you guys are listening. It's uh, no hard feelings, but negative sixty is a little bit out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. Up. St. Paul. St. Paul has been uh, USPCA for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. What a legacy there. Um, yeah. Those guys yeah. kill it over yeah. there, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we just saw some some stats published the other day. I think, uh, you know, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 92,000 calls in a matter of a few years. Wow. So, I mean, uh, can you just imagine the, the experience there? I mean, could just to take yeah. notes for, for one evening. So, yeah. uh, great guys are doing great things. Uh, always have. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. I know it's yes. the end of the day. You get your dog in here. Tell Everybody's going to want to know. Tell us about the dog. All right. So this is Canine Hiller. Uh, he's a Belgian Malinois, just turned two years old. Um, 
we uh, put him together down at PSD uh, down in Florida with Lazaro Cabrera and, and mm-hmm. company. Um, and he's been working in the school districts down in Washington County at the Trinity Area School Districts. Uh, him and I have been showing a lot of the buildings. Uh, we try to provide mutual aid where we can. He's a dual-purpose dog with explosives, um, you know, critical when we're working in that environment. Mm-hmm. But what a clear animal. Um, he's definitely going to be one of those dogs that I look back on and, and call one of the favorites. Yeah, for those listening, this motherfucker's walking around the conference with no collar or with no leash on and you've got your finger kick thing for your e-collar and he's wearing a double box but like every time i'm like sketchy like i kind of walk by him like he's a big son of a bitch yeah Yeah. he's a big gnarly he's a big gnarly looking malamos like this bitch is gonna bite me i know for those of you don't know ben is eight foot tall so he needed a big dog it would look really weird sorry yeah but he's got a big dog he's good i like that real dark face yeah mask is really good dog but darker is better he's uh yeah i I was sure he was eyeballing me a couple times like don't do it and i ran in here to do this interview and alicia's like don't run i'm like yeah i got it you don't run around dogs you get a bit tired right yeah, there. You don't run around dogs and pools. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, guys. Great, great finish. Thank yep. you. Thank and you. everybody listening, we'll see you soon. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com that's the letter K, the number 9, or arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off off your first order tell him you heard it here now go get bit eric here like many trainers ted and i go through toys with the hard super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel so we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high drive working dogs that's where usa canine dog toys excel their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound they have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys all made to last and are very affordable all the toys are military themed go to the website www.usa-canine.com Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code k 9 Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom, and we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up. Specifically for guys in this podcast, for if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. 
They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio is graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.